following is not a test. The following is not a test. This is a warning of the emergency Planet Platypus Network. Please remove all clothing immediately. Twist each nipple slightly to the left. <laughs> Lay down in a prone position and bark like a dog. The Planet Platypus telecast is about to begin. Oh my God. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Planet Platypus Show. It is very weird times indeed. And it's really weird right now because I'm sitting here in the studio solo as we isolate and do this quarantine and social distancing. My friends are so far away, but they're here on the line with us right now. DJ Platypus, what's up, man? Yo, yo, what's going on, Josh? And Bobby Mack with that intro just off the dome. That was amazing, man. Thank you for that. Well, thank you. I've been practicing for just such an emergency, and then here we are. <laughs> here we are, man. It is dark times. But, uh, even though you guys can't be here in the studio, I want you to know that the dog punches each of you in the balls. You get a paw to oh, the nuts each. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I know you guys miss that every week. Uh, we're not missing anything. I think Bobby and I have been punched in the balls every day of the week so far. In fact, I think everybody in the industry has been uh, gotten a nice little punch in the balls, but it's unfortunately the way things are right now and and we have the show must go on guys the show must go on and go on it will and what a kick to the nuts man how's everybody doing well i'm finding myself with a lot of time off lately (laughs) yeah yeah as we all are platt how are you man what's going on with tootsies the biggest club in the world yeah i mean we're obviously closed down right now um until further notice but then again so is everybody it was a weird week for me personally. Um, I was in the middle of uh, some birthday time off. I, I was actually uh, in Chicago visiting family when all this stuff went down. And I, 24 hours later, I was back home because I just didn't know what was going to happen next. If we were going to close, if we were going to stay open, there was a lot of uncertainty. And um, then, you know, the decision was made not by us, but by the, um, government here in uh the local government in miami shut all the clubs down and that was it yeah man that was it it was just really quick that's what's happening all over the country right right now i hear you say earlier that that 99 percent of clubs are closed but some clubs are still open trying to work the hustle Uh, what are they doing well i've seen online that one club was doing a car wash and um, where the girls were in bikinis in the club parking lot, and they were just washing cars. Um, there's a couple other clubs trying to do like almost like a simulcast where they're videoing girls <laughs> on the pole this. and drive-through lap dances. Getting guys to the website. Drive-through lap dances is another thing I heard of. Yeah. Um, one thing for sure, the cam models of the universe are uh, out in droves right now because that seems to be the only thing going. A lot of our feature entertainers are. Uh, They've gone to camming, and I spoke to uh, Ray of Sunshine the other day, and uh, she's like, it's great and horrible, (laughs) because it's great that there's so much more variety out there with the cam world, but at the same time, the girls who are used to camming are now saturated with a lot of newbies. A lot of competition Um, all of a sudden. Now, are you thinking about getting into that world? Are you starting the the Platypus Fans Only page? Well, no, but Bobby Mack officially did yesterday. Uh, <laughs> that, is, that is correct, Bobby yes. Has, as always, 
in any case of emergency or whether it's a hurricane, an earthquake, or a, you know, national virus, I can always <laughs> count on Bobby Mack to make me laugh no matter what. He's done two things just in the last 24 hours that made me literally laugh out loud. One of them was Bobby photoshopped his face on a eight-pack of a dude <laughs> wearing white pants, and, and it basically was inviting people to his... Uh, you know, his cam show, which was uh, pretty ingenious, I got to add. And he got quite a few comments on it. The other thing was, Bobby has turned into one of his kittens at home. I don't know if you've known this, Josh. No, but- <laughs> no, what's going on? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Bobby posted a picture of one of his cats on his stomach while he was laying down, and they were both making the exact same face. <laughs> and I don't, know if- <laughs> I don't know if Bobby was trying to do this on purpose, but whether or not he was, it was the funniest thing I've seen in the last 60 hours. Wow, i got to see this picture. Well, you know what it is? The animals are not used to having us home so often. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, it, it's confusing, but, but at the same time, it's kind of sweet. So we've been uh, – yeah, if you if you actually log into my OnlyFans and you and you click the feed, it's really just me like hanging out with my cats. It's not as you know, it's a pussy show. I'm not, I mean, I'm not false advertising, but wow. And there is a small variety of pussy. I got you know black pussy. I've got uh, you know, it feels like a cheap and chunk bit. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing, man. I got to log into this. I got to check it out. And you know, you mentioned the uh, the features. You know, I'm thinking about these girls are used to a lifestyle of going out to these clubs weekend after weekend, usually Thursday, Friday, Saturday, each and every week, different city, different state, different club, hotel room to hotel room. They're not used to this. This is going to, this is going to be a huge adjustment for these girls. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's, it's an adjustment for all of us, really, Josh. I mean, if you think about it, um, you know, the entire, um, the entire entertainment industry as a whole, is shut down. I mean, you're talking even late night talk show hosts are trying to do little, you know, video blogs and things just to stay relevant, not even getting paid, just to stay relevant and keep a fan base going. You know, I think that's, that's the hardest thing when you're, when you're shut down like this, um, without social media right now, there's really no way to get a hold of people in an entertaining fashion. I mean, thank God for Bobby Mack because he keeps making us laugh, but I mean, um, it's hard to fathom that for everybody, not just the features, but yeah, you're right. The features have really um, probably had the biggest change because of the travel. You know, we, we go back and forth to a club all week. They go back and forth to multiple clubs on a weekly basis. So Yeah, and just um, like yeah. Air, yeah. airports and hotels and just, um, you know, when you go walk into the club, it's all about, you know, everybody's happy you're there and it's a big deal. And it's, you know, and now all of a sudden, you know, everything just grinds to a halt. And I think, you know, that's kind of what's going on, you know, with everybody, even as a DJ or an entertainer or just, you know. Especially especially with features, too, because they're so, their money is so different than ours in the right. way that they have to plan out their bookings in order to try to meet their bills on a scheduled basis. And this is going to completely train wreck all of their booking schedules. And it's not like, oh, when they lift the alarm, they go right back to work. I mean, they'll try, but they've got to redo all those bookings and redo all those gigs. It's it's difficult. So I can definitely see why they're turning to the the OnlyFans type sites. 
In fact, yeah. uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with those sites, but you know, they put out a certain amount of content and then you can pay, you can pay for a little bit more for like special requests type of content. Okay. So some girls were online putting up the different things they do for the different amounts. So I just happened to have Bambi Wild come across my feed and, and she said she was taking requests. So I asked her, I said, just out of curiosity, how much to uh, watch you make a full lasagna from scratch? <laughs> I mean, what, 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 what yeah. number are we looking at for that? Yeah, that's what I want to know. Like, I, I may not be into the, the the fetish things and the feet things, but how much to watch and make a lasagna from scratch is that? That would be hot. Yeah, it would. I, I mean, pay twenty bucks to watch one of our features vacuum. <laughs> vacuum and heels. Yeah, vacuum and heels. You know, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't even have to be a rug. Vacuum. We can get what floor. I don't you know, we have we have at least a, a roster of twelve people who do pretty much anything like that. If we called them, yeah, maybe that's our next business. We're going to have to do a virtual uh, reality type thing. In fact, I was speaking to the Bass Brothers yesterday, who I'm going to get on the phone here in a little bit. And uh, one of the conversations, the reason I wanted to have them on the show is they were just being super creative about different ideas with the downtime, you know. And uh, one of the things that came up was virtual strip clubs is that a remote possibility in the future you know it's something to think about is the time just goes on and on because we don't have a definitive time when we're going to be able to come back right. nobody knows whether it's three weeks three months you know whatever but it, all, right, all right take it easy trading a <laughs> i'm just saying i mean nobody that's the problem it's the unknown so yeah this could be a four-month thing outside the box you know, we yeah, t- we- I, my my club was smart. They immediately got a few of us on the phone and asked us if we wanted to come in and clean the club the next couple of days. Oh, that's great! Because how often how often do clubs get to shut down for twenty four hours and have a full top to bottom cleaning? You know? Yeah, yeah. Any yeah, any type of renovations or anything? Now's the time to get it done. Yeah, dude, we yeah. cleaned the ceiling from from. We took the genie around and did every wire. We did every rafter. We did every light bulb. We pulled every wire out of the DJ booth cleaned every computer, re-plugged everything. I mean, we vacuumed the entire house from top to bottom. So I'm actually looking forward to going, going back to work because Monroe's the cleanest he's ever been in five years. Oh, nice. Yeah, man. yeah I think we're all looking forward cool. to going to work. I think it's very cool that they did that, too. There's you know, there's no way to make money. That's pretty much the only way. You know, come I, couldn't on believe, I couldn't believe it. Every club wasn't doing that. Like, take advantage of your staff being out of work, and they need the money, and you need the help. Yeah, I think well, that's a great yeah. idea, man. I'm, I'm glad Monroe's hooked that up for you guys, you know, because, like you said, it's uncertain. But, you know, in these uncertain times, I feel like these are the times that that new innovative idea comes along. Because, like you said, I think this is going to be a bookmark in history, or at least in our lives, of a before and after. After this Things are going to be very different. So whatever the next thing is, this is when it's going to be born, is during this time right here. Well, how do you think it's going to be so different? I'm just curious. Well, I don't want to be negative because, you know, people listen to us and they want to kind of escape from everything that's going on. So I want to try to keep it positive. But the reality is this is going to have some pretty devastating effects on the economy, and that can trickle down to everybody when it comes to disposable income. So you know, things could change. So we got to start maybe thinking of what's the next move. What's the next thing that's going to, you know, make this more of a novelty that people are going to want to come and see. 
Well, that's for me, I, and, and I'm kind of glad you said that. For me, I think it's the entertainer in us is going to have to, it's going to be more valuable than ever. You know, coming right. up with the regular strip club events after this all settles down might not fly, like you said. Yeah. We're going to have to start thinking a little bit out of the box. Amazing type events just to get a draw going. And that kind of, you know, we have the downtime, right? I don't know about you guys, but I'm trying to keep my mind busy. I'm right. trying to stay on some kind of a routine or schedule. I just think that's really important right now. That's smart. And and with that, I've just been jotting down some just crazy ideas for events. You know, just even stuff that's completely off the wall that'll probably never happen because you never know. You know, uh, you throw something against the wall, see if it sticks. And, you know, when we get back to it, we're going to need some ideas to drum up some really cool events. So, yeah, man. I mean, obviously, we had to cancel... USA versus Canada. Oh, that's all for sure. Event. That was that was going up what, oh, like yeah. into April, right? April fifteenth, sixteenth. So, so it's, it's just not going to happen. It ain't happening. Hey, the Canadians can't even travel here, even if they want to. Right, you know, right. They close the, the borders. Yeah. God damn it. Man, yeah. This is a but, you yeah, know crazy it's time times, to start man. thinking it through. Right. Right. Yeah, you've always been good at uh, coming up with wild ideas for events and stuff like that. That was something that was always a little bit challenging for me as a head DJ of a club that did a lot of events, was trying to come up with the next thing, something new, something we haven't done yet. Uh, You've always been pretty good at that, putting that kind of stuff together. Well, when you got somebody like Bobby Mack in your corner, you can pretty (laughs) much do anything you want. I mean, the guy is like, we've gone from having the Easter Bunny in the club you know, Santa Claus therapy. Like Bobby was never afraid to dress up, be silly, be the, you know, guy on front street and, and make people laugh at any cost. I mean, that's just, I actually still have the leprechaun outfit we put together and I was going to wear that for St. Patrick's day, but yeah, St. Patty's day just canceled. I mean, there was nothing. Now that was like a few days ago, maybe about a week or so ago. Um, and I, I remember driving around that afternoon before things were getting really serious, you know, but you could tell like not a lot of people were out the the restaurants, everything was really slowing down at that point. Now things are just getting weird. You know, I, I, I've been going out in the morning, riding my bike in the morning and uh, it, things are getting weird. Stuff's getting, you know, everything's closed. Um, but at the same time, people are out there jogging, they're walking around with their families, they're going to the park, they're on boats, and like it's it's just very weird, you know, th- to even figure out what's the right thing to do, you know. So I appreciate you guys social distancing today because uh, I want us to all stay healthy. Yeah, I'm pissed about it. Yeah. <laughs> are you guys going? Are you guys going through a, an incredible sports Jones right now? Well, you know I'm not. Because, oh, that's already come and gone. Uh, it's come and gone for me. I think Platt's having withdrawals over there. I was. And um, now I'm just focused on my entertainment consists of Hulu, Netflix, and uh, Amazon Prime, not necessarily in that order. All right. Um, now now that, that brings up a question. What are you watching that's good? Ooh. Ooh. Um, I just finished Sons of Anarchy again. Um, I don't know why I just started watching. It came on. I started watching it. And I didn't put it down. Um, that was probably the binge watching I just finished. Um, Did it make you want to get a bike? Me, at all? Everybody's seen. 
<laughs> like as you were watching the show, were you thinking of me and going like, man, we could be out there out on the open road, straddling our hogs out there with the wind in our hair. No, no, you didn't have that thought at all. No, not not bikes or guns. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I'm good. But uh, it is an entertaining show. And if you've never seen it, it's good to binge watch. How about you guys, Bobby? Uh, well, I'm watching right now a series called Nurse Jackie. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's it, yeah. See, I'm married to a girl in the in the uh, medical profession, so my my days consist <laughs> of Grey's Anatomy and Nurse Jackie. Uh, but, but what are you going to do? I mean, it makes my wife happy, and it, you know, I I get sucked into it too. Like I used to love House and a few other of those medical shows. Oh yeah, I love so House. like you get you get sucked into the medical, you know. A drama side of it, and then all of a sudden you're hooked. So, right now I'm watching hospital shows. I uh, I haven't been binge watching okay. anything, but there's a, a new show uh, on FX that I've been watching, starring a uh, little Dicky, hip hop uh, artist, little Dicky. It's called Dave, and it's kind of like a semi audio autobiographical uh, comedy series where it's kind of loosely based on his life, but it's a comedy. And uh, and oh man, it's brilliant! I just I I love that guy. I think he's hilarious. That that's a show I've been watching that I really enjoy. Dave on FX. Ah, I'll check that out. Uh, you know what? There is one that I've been watching for me after Sydney goes to bed. It's called the the Toys That Made Us. Oh yeah, and what it is. It, it's like an '80s uh, retrospective series, and each episode they do a different toy, uh, whether it's GI Joe, He Man, Lego. Um, you know, all the iconic individual toys that for some reason, you know, broke the internet, you know, yeah, basically the, they, the whole backstory they, on them too, which was, I, I've watched that whole series and, uh, yeah, it's really fascinating to, uh, fucking to, awesome, to, right? to learn the whole backstory of where these ideas came from. And then, you know, you had something like, uh, like, I think it was He-Man that was just, they were just throwing shit at the wall, man. It just, uh, you know, it just yeah. turned out to be a huge hit, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, man, it's crazy. But, you know, speaking of toys, uh, Platt came over the other day and he saw something that I have over in my office over here <laughs> <laughs> that I know he just can't wait to talk about. So, Oh, I can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> so that's why I'm going to bring it up because I don't want to get ambushed with this now. I'm just going to I'm I'm going to own up to it. You think I would ambush you, Josh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, he's learning, Bobby. So, okay. So I uh, you know, we're all out of work. We're here. We're, we we're coming up with new hobbies and things to keep us busy. And uh, and a lot of us, you know, have families with young kids and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, our good friend, uh, Brian Notriani over there in Rhode Island, he's got a young kid, uh, a three year old daughter that I've been calling on FaceTime with this puppet character where like, you know, she'll answer the phone and I'm the puppet and we go back and forth and I'd say goodnight to her. And it's like, you know, we play with, you know, it's, it's like having a Muppet call your kid. It's fucking cool. Right. So Platt comes over the other day. I show him, you know, I tell him that I've been calling Brian's daughter, you know, every night and saying goodnight to her with this puppet. And we broke it out. And, uh, you know, I got to say, at first he was a little judgmental about me playing with puppets. But I, I'm going to say after a little while, he, he started having some fun with them also. Okay, hold on. You're, you're leaving stuff out. <laughs> so, so first of all, Bobby, it's not just a puppet, like a hand puppet. It's... It, it, it's a literal, like, Sesame Street quality 
Yeah, like, it's a professional, professional puppet. Yeah, yeah, it's it's puppet. performance quality. It's something that's made for television or performing on stage. It's it's a real it's a real puppet. It's like a real custom looking puppet. So when he brings this thing out, our last show was about Josh's midlife crisis. So now he brings out this puppet, and I'm like, oh, the man's lost. He's, he's completely. <laughs> but then he starts performing, and I'm like, holy shit. If you think he's good with these Spitfires, you should see how Josh handles the puppet. <laughs> so he starts doing this, this voice that he's created, which is a really good children's puppet voice. It wouldn't work for what we're doing, but it got my gears <laughs> grinding because all of a sudden I'm going, we might be able to do something with these puppets. So then uh, Josh busts out a bunch of the puppet friends. There's this little <laughs> chef. There's this other dragon. He's got what? all you these got... puppets playing around the house. Yeah, I, You I, got a puppet family? I got numerous puppets, yeah. I do. Oh, Mrs. Clunfire over here. <laughs> so so then he's, you know, he hands me this little chef puppet, and I don't do as many voices as you or you know, even Josh can do but i started imitating johnny walker as the chef i'm <laughs> chef johnny walker check me out and i'm doing the whole thing <laughs> oh it was great oh man it was hilarious and, and I, I sent i sent bobby the video of that we were taking videos so josh made me almost pee my pants because he just starts taking his dragon puppet and he's dj dragonova which obviously <laughs> is parody for our good friend DJ Casanova back in the day. A lot of people don't remember Casanova, but we will never forget him. Unforgettable. So, gosh, he's busting out the chapstick, and <laughs> ha, this is DJ Dragonova. And he had the voice and the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, which, by the way, he Dude, doesn't really talk like that. Mind. Yeah, he doesn't really talk like that, but for some reason, that's the voice that we assigned to him. I don't know why, but yeah. It was like, hi, everybody. It's DJ Dragonova. <laughs> Listen to my thumb drive. <laughs> like just a very weird kind of creepy voice. And it, uh, it oh, man, yeah, we, we were in stitches, man, over here. And then, uh, and then the next day, they start really getting serious about the social distancing thing. You know, which which uh, then I'm all I could think of is, yeah. is, is, is Platt digging his fingers in the pickle jar. And, uh. I did do that. I really did do that. I actually, I didn't even grab the fork, Bobby. I literally took my grimy, nasty fucking finger, and I, I, I grabbed the pickle out of the pickle jar. And, and it, as I grabbed it, I just realized what I did, and I just looked at everybody. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but, like, that's the kind you of stuff. You don't realize like, it now. You don't realize so many things. Like, now that I'm being mindful of, of where I'm putting my hands and washing them after and that kind of thing, like, you don't realize how often, like, I play with my beard all the time, and I didn't realize it in, until just now. And holy shit, it's like I'm constantly, like, uh, like OCD washing my hands now. You know, even, like, you know, pumping gas or opening the door or you going grocery shopping, grabbing things. Like, now what are you thinking about, like, you know, all you could think about is that germ and you just don't want to touch anything it's it's the weirdest shit man with all the illnesses and sicknesses and the grimy places that we've hung out and worked in it all these years you would think we're not germaphobes but now all of a sudden everybody is a germaphobe i mean mask gloves uh you know people are going into a mass frenzy about the toilet paper which i don't understand that at all are you guys stocked up on uh, on shit paper yeah i got six rolls 
I have a guest room, so we always keep supplies in that room for a guest, and so there's enough there for 30 days. I have to wait till people stop losing their minds, though. I mean, I'm not going to make it past March, so I'm going to need toilet paper eventually. I don't get the toilet paper thing. I, maybe maybe you guys can enlighten me if you have any insight on that. Like, why hoarding toilet paper of all things? I mean, you look and you see the the vitamin aisle is stocked. Fruits and vegetables are stocked up. Everything that can keep you healthy, they have plenty of. But toilet paper seems like women. it just seems like a non-essential thing that if we're really talking about, you know, the apocalypse and it's the walking dead. I would think toilet paper is the last thing you're thinking about is, is wiping your shit. If you're asking why, I think it's because of the women. Okay. And I'll tell you why. All right. As guys, we go and take a leak. We shake. We're done. You know, no toilet paper needed. When we go number two, we need our toilet paper. We do our thing. We wipe, we flush. We're done. Women, they use toilet paper for everything. Right. No matter what they, no matter what they, I don't know what they do in the bathroom, but I do know they use an excessive amount of toilet paper. It's ridiculous. Well, like, but Josh brings up a good point. We're Floridians. We're experienced. We know exactly what goes on during hurricane preparedness, and toilet paper yeah. was never on that list of items that disappear. You that's know, candles, what I'm saying. Sure, like I'm batteries, just, flashlights, water. Right. But never well, toilet paper. Days, For but, some reason, toilet paper just got added to the checklist yeah, what? and became. Triggered the, right to number one. What triggered the thought that you need a lot of toilet? Do people think they're gonna shit a lot if they get sick, or like I just don't get it. I don't understand. No, no, like no, no. Of, it's because when you shudder for a hurricane, it's five to seven days you're preparing. You're literally preparing yourself for a week of being boarded in your house. This thing's got everybody thinking it could be months, so they're stocking up on well the one thing they know they're gonna need no matter what. Because even if you stock up on food, whether it's canned goods. Your food's going to spoil at some point. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you can't, like, buy all the meat in the grocery store. You can't buy, which people are doing anyway. But it, it, it's hard to stock stuff like that. Even if you freeze it, there's a potential that it could go bad. Not toilet paper. So everybody went nuts thinking, all right, I need to stock up. I need at least a three-month supply of toilet paper. And that's what happens. Yeah, You man. know, and for women, one roll to us is three roll to them. So that's, that's you know. I'll tell you what, when I was in Chicago, I literally stole the two rolls of toilet paper that were in my bathroom in the hotel. <laughs> you just put them right in your bag. Put them right in my You're bag. You're that guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm you know, that guy. Now, what are some things that you think you could use in lieu of toilet paper that's readily available, you know, that you can, because there's no uh, toilet paper. I'm not out of it. I got a couple rolls, but if I needed some right now, I'm out of luck. So I'm going to have to well, find it's, something it's else. it's funny you ask that. It's funny you ask that, Josh, because... Uh, I did find enough, but I did go looking for some myself yeah. and, uh, all the aisles were empty and I started going, I said, all right, supermarkets are obvious. No, no's. Let me try dollar stores. I went to dollar stores. Nothing. I said, all right, let me try gas stations, you know, with food marts. Yeah. Okay. No, those are out. All right. Let me try the CVS, the Walgreens. That's where I had a little bit of luck. Cause I saw a lady coming toward me carrying baby supplies and I was like oh baby supplies I forgot they've got baby wipes still stocked there's usually puffs or or, or uh, facial tissue okay you know and then so that's your tier two right yeah don't flush the baby wipes though that, that would cause a problem you can wipe right. with the baby wipes but don't flush them yeah. you can flush the tissues and the puffs and tier three if you really need it 
Coffee filters. Coffee filters, yes. That's what I was thinking, <laughs> the same thing. I was making a pot of coffee the other day, and I was like, wait a minute. I bet I can find a bunch of these at the store if I needed them. And, you know, it's 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 like the uh, it's a thin paper. It's almost like every Chinese restaurant has that thin one-ply brown toilet paper. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, in an emergency situation, it, it, it'll be okay. But see, a person like me, I am so accustomed to these uh, moist wipes. Um, you know, I get those, those the, the, the wet wipes, and yeah. my butthole is just spoiled now. I don't know if I could just scrape a, a coffee filter across, uh, you know, my, my gleaming butthole. I'm so glad we share, even through the coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, what? Th- this is it. I mean, this is it. This could be uh, the end of the world as we know it. I doubt it. But but here's the thing. You're forgetting a few different items and household items that could be used for wiping your bum. Um, first of all, those old T-shirts that you can literally cut the sleeves off and have summer wear and N- keep the sleeves as toilet paper. That's, a, that's, how, that's uh, one. How many Tootsie's shirts do you have laying around? I am not going to wipe my ass with a Tootsie shirt no matter how bad things yet well i mean like you know i know like i i've worked at clubs you know for a long number of years and over those years i just accumulate tons and tons of t-shirts because you know they do the t-shirt giveaways and stuff and it just seems like it just seems like i have more strip club and bud light and like just you know like you said promo shirts just laying there's so many shirts laying around that like i'm not gonna wear them i might as well use them for that right that, that, that's a decent point. You can you can definitely use that. But you cut the sleeves off, that's one. You find some old towels that you don't use anymore. That could be another thing. And Josh, if you get super desperate, you can wipe your ass with your puppet. Oh, I couldn't do that. That thing's hopefully going to make millions of dollars someday. That could be the next Elmo. It could. <laughs> well, I... <laughs> If it comes down to it, I got 28 boxes of comics in my garage, guys. We're covered. Oh, man. I mean, See? Yeah. Newspapers. I can part with some of them. Yeah, man. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you get plenty of that. I mean, think of all the paper they've used on that. Holy shit. If you save them all, you'll be Just going once a day by a pack of gum. (laughs) That's all. You're right. You're right, man. Yeah, it's... it's, You know, it's it's weird. Uh, Every, everybody's mind is in a weird place. I think right now we're we're still kind of in like vacation mode. Like, you know, I'm kind of enjoying sure. having the days off right now. I'm catching up on some sleep and I'm getting some sun and I'm being awake during the day and shit. You know, um, the, the panic hasn't fully set in yet with me. I don't know about you guys. Not not particular for me. Um, I, I'm in the same regard. I'm, I'm pretty much in vacation mode, completely caught up on my rest. I can't, I, I can't remember the last time I had this much time off. Like I can't, like I just, it, it's, it's unfathomable to me where I have no stress, no responsibilities and nowhere to be. And it's like, don't get me wrong. There's stress and responsibility, but you know what I'm saying? Work-wise. Right. So for me, it's just been, wow. Okay. I can catch up on some things around the house that I need. Like I, I've been wanting to rearrange my closet clean out my garage and things like that so it's like i never have time to do any of that now i have plenty of time you're, you know, you're the like type that. of guy that's so dedicated to your career where it's just a full-time thing for you even on your time off so like are you finding yourself getting bored now or are you just like you said thinking of new ideas what's the next thing are you is your mind in like expo mode or like what's like what, what do you do do you feel lost 
no, definitely in expo mode right now. Definitely thinking of different ideas. Um, definitely in entertainment mode as far as, you know, um, literally jotting down, like I said, event ideas and maybe some things that can make our booth more effective when I get back. You know, I even wrote out a diagram of the booth and how I'm going to clean everything before we open up. Like, I want to go in there and literally take every wire apart, clean it, put it back. Kind of like what Bobby did at Monroe's. Yeah, like I have a checklist idea. that I put, I put together little checklists for when we do get back, things that I want to do. I'm still downloading music. I'm still, you know, trying to keep, like I said, I think it's so important for all of us in the industry. And I'm sure you guys will agree with this. Just keep some kind of a routine going on. Like I work nights. So even on my days off, I don't go to bed till five, six in the morning on regular work nights. I don't go to bed till eight or nine in the morning. You know what I mean? So I'm trying really hard to stay on a schedule where I'm staying up later. But the problem is I'm sleeping longer because I'm so in vacation mode, as you put it. So it's just become one of those type of things. So, you know, it's just, yes, just keep yourself busy. I think that's the best thing. I'm I'm staying on some kind of a routine and schedule. Um, I've got a couple different ideas that I want to get kicking. One of them is with our website and our podcast. You know, I'd love to sit down with you guys, whether it's a three-way phone conversation or something, and and take a few ideas your way. I just want to – I think if we're doing the podcast, we're working, and that's kind of my mentality with it. You know what I mean? And Even though during normal circumstances the podcast isn't work, it's the exact opposite for the three of us, and I don't want it to become work, but in this time, I think it should be a necessary part of our schedule. So I I don't know how that's going to go with – you know, hearing this back, is it going to sound the same way as us in the studio? Well, or, that, that's uh, kind of what I mean about, uh, you know, now's the time. that The new the new way of doing things is going to come about, and, and, and not just in the clubs, but just in general. Um, you know, yeah. there's lots of different things we could do. We all have a capability to, like, record something from wherever we're at. You know, there's always that possibility that we can just do little, like, bits and stuff to incorporate into these calls. Or just, you know, there's a lot of different possibilities of, of ways that we can keep it going. You know, as long as and the other thing, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, I was going to say, as long as it doesn't get you know so so bad to the point that we're that we're really dealing with a doomsday scenario. In which case, you know, nobody gives a shit about this show or clubs or uh, or anything than 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 zombies uh, eating their brains. I went on a pizza interview. You went on a what? I went on a pizza hut interview this week. As a driver. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I figured those. I they, they, know this. That's got to be high demand right now. I, well, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. And I don't know if you know this, but about a hundred years ago, I was one of the first ever pizza hut delivery drivers when they started doing delivery in the late '80s. Oh, so you were uh, like a pioneer in the pizza game. I'm an I'm an OG. I'm an OG. <laughs> right uh, on. When uh, when Pizza Hut decided they were going to start delivering pizza. Uh, they took all of the best of us from Domino's and uh, we went over there and it was like me and everybody Gonzo's age and stuff. And so we, like, uh, a, they, they come over and recruit they, you guys. Like, oh yeah. Like pizza hut came over <laughs> yeah, to Domino's because, and like, yeah. Cause if you remember Domino's was the, the king of everything back then, but they were having a lot of accidents. Yeah. Everything was still handwritten. We're still, we had no, you know, we had no smartphones. Everything was done by dial phone and we had to find everything, you know, uh, yeah. and you could, crank Domino's too easily. You could call them, order a pizza, and you'd show up to pizza, and someone would say, I didn't order it, and 
There's no way to check. Well, oh, computers yeah. were just hitting big in the late 80s, early 90s, and, and Pizza Hut figured out how to computerize everything. They were able to enter your phone number and come up with your address. So they knew whether or not you were a valid caller or not. They simplified everything. They paid us like 10 cents a mile more than everybody else. So, yeah, so they took all the best of us, and that was one of my first gigs. I was, uh, well, yeah, I was stupid back then. Uh, <laughs> I painted Pizza Hut on the side of my car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the pizza um, mobile. Yeah. Yeah. So I went over and uh, I went over and said, listen, yeah, you're going to hire me. And, uh, and the little guy that was there was, was about 10 years younger than me, sent me away with an application, and uh, I sent it in. <laughs> So if you see me in a red striped shirt and a thing on top of my car this week, you'll know where I'm at. Yeah, man. Well, keep you busy too. You make a little bit of money, you know, which everybody can use right now. It's not a terrible idea. Everybody's looking hey, for a side hustle, either. and it's it's just it's not easy because everything is closed. Maybe you know you say, "Oh, I'll fall back on you know bartending or retail or whatever." Like there's nothing left, man. It's all done right now. Have you guys applied for unemployment at all? Because I know that's no. something that. Some of the DJs got to be doing at this point. Um, no, I have a, I have a stance about mine. Um, I'm not going to file for unemployment right this second because I feel like there's so many more people in our industry that need to before I do, and I think that would be a very selfish act right now. It might be the stupidest thing I ever did, but you know, I'm just well. You don't cut into for right now. Well, you don't cut into the money that they would get. It's not like the more people apply, the less money you ever get. No, but I might cut into the time that they get receiving it, you know, which. Oh, that's true. There there are, there are, I can go probably a little bit longer without needing some assistance than some of our brothers and sisters in our industry do. And for that reason, uh, I'm just kind (laughs) of trying to pace myself. And I mean, there's really nothing to spend money on right now anyway. They've they've exonerated rent for three months. They've exonerated, and they're not going to shut off our power, you know. So unfortunately, the bills are going to add up very quickly when we get back, and I I, I mean that's going to be tough. But in the meantime, I'm not going to stress over that because there's been mandates from the government stating that we'll be okay, you know. And, and the government's know, never lied. Your mortgage or your the government's never lied. <laughs> I don't think they will. So yeah. Um, but, you know, that's kind of my stance on it. Like, I'm okay right now. I've got all my resources. I've got, you know, enough to get me by for a couple months. So maybe a little bit longer than that. And, you know, I'm just trying to not panic and do anything too quickly right now if I don't have to, if that makes any sense, for the benefit of others, getting their money quicker. Yeah, I haven't uh, – I don't know what the uh... – what the unemployment, uh, how it works, and I'm not on the books. The way that my pay structure is a little bit different, so I, I don't know how it works for self-employed people. But uh, you know, it's something I, I got to look into. Like Bobby, I looked into Uber Eats and that kind of stuff too. You know, everybody's trying to supplement just a little something coming in. You know, for now, and it's just like I said, it, it, you know, there's nothing left to do. You know, so that's why I'm I'm seeing a lot more like families going outside and taking walks together. Like, you know, if, I think in a way this is kind of a good time for people to kind of reconnect to the people, you know, in their household and just, uh, you know, like you said, calling up and, and friends talking again. And like, you know, it's, it's 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 it could be good for humanity, even though it's very bad for our industry. I mean, other than the thousands of people that are going to die. But uh, other than that, it should be pretty good. Yeah, other than the thousands of people. <laughs> Um, 
it's also bringing out the dick in some people. And this is something that Timmy and I were noticing when we were at Home Depot and a few other places. Like, uh, yeah, it brings out the best in some people, but it brings out the dick in a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are dicks. Uh, they fight over a parking space more so. They fight over the last roll of something. I mean, some people are just panicky, you know, malicious, fucking selfish, arrogant penises out there. Yeah, right I've now. seen, you know, some people in panic mode and other people seem like kind of more relaxed about it. And, you know, I, I think right now is just really just, you know, a lot of uncertainty, you know, like nobody really there are knows some, what's going There's some businesses, there's some businesses that are even so stubborn, they're can, like, they're, they're, de- they're de- deeming themselves essential businesses. Like, for example, GameStop. Okay. Decided that when they when they made the mandate mandate that all non essential businesses have to close, GameStop's like, oh, okay, well we're we're uh, essential. Exactly. You know what's lobby. essential okay. to one person we're is non essential to another person. You know, so it's, it's a very they, thin uh, line there. And they they gave letters to all of their department heads to give the police when the police show up at your place, hand them this letter. And this will explain to them why we're essential businesses and. Uh, if you decide to play that game, here's how it goes, by the way. The mayors or governors of those cities or states pulled the license for those businesses trying to play that game. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, they're not messing around, man. I, you know, I, I, that's why I said I noticed uh, the last couple of days it's a little bit different. But, like, for the most part, a lot of people are just not listening. You know, they're, they're going out. They're, no. you know, they're going to the stores. They're, you know, they'll go buy, you know, a couple of things and then go back tomorrow. And it's just, you know, um, it, Nobody knows really what's going on. You know, it, it doesn't work unless everybody's on board and doing the same thing. So, you know, I noticed my neighbors have been really amazing. Yeah. You know, like my, my whole entire block. Um, like when I drove through your neighborhood, it was like there were kids running everywhere. And I'm like, this can't be good. Yeah. I mean, they were just everywhere. <laughs> and, and on my block, it's been pretty contained. We have a lot of elderly uh, around us and everybody's been checking in. Um, you know, anytime someone goes to the store, they'll call me or knock on my door. Hey, do you need milk? Do you need water? I'm running to Publix. You know, it's been a lot of that, which never happened before, you know? And that's so good. as much as Bobby was saying that there's the bad humanity, there's also good humanity out there too. There's some people that totally get it and they're just being smart and vigilant and which is what exactly what we need right now. Yeah. You know, people, you, you know, know? They're, they're, they're looking for answers and another thing that people seek is religion. So I'd like to talk about our sponsor, Religion Tequila. Double gold medal in the Las Vegas Global Spirit Awards for best overall tequila and best Blanco. They proudly celebrate the heart and passion of Mexican soul in each drop of tequila and encourage you to do the same while you shelter in place. Why not get a little uh, little sloshed, a little blottoed, as they say. Just thought I'd throw a little plug in there for our sponsors. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of people are probably just hang, yeah. hanging around at home, just drinking, right? I think this week, yes. But I think as the weeks go by, I think people are going to start getting on a little health kicks. And yeah, I've been on a health kick too. personally. I don't know about you guys, but I'm using this opportunity as almost like a, uh, a little 30 day fitness challenge. Really, yeah, I it's, doing, it's called. I, uh, pretty good, I can't Bobby. afford to eat anymore, so. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm using this opportunity to do a 30 day ramen noodle challenge, dude. Because I'm eating everything in my house that doesn't spoil. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, yeah I exactly. was doing really good until Josh sent me home with a chocolate fudge birthday cake that's just sitting in my fridge. I so, did. We threw a little. You know what happened? I had to have a little uh, birthday cake for Platt over here, you know? After two hours of video games, then I'll go in the fridge. And, I literally, this is how disgusting I am. I literally have a fork on top of the carton. Like, I'm just, because there's nobody else here. So it's like, nobody else is going to clutch that cake. So, plus I don't like doing dishes. Yeah, man, it's like every time you get bored, you got to get up, go to the fridge, see what's good in there. You know, no one's in the, Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, man. Bobby, you got enough pet food? I do, actually, yeah. Luckily, there's not. Uh, people haven't turned to eating cat food yet, so uh, <laughs> there's no run on that. Luckily, there's been a, a steady supply. And then we we usually keep a few bags of dry in the house just in case. Right. Um you know, because we tend to go out to Orlando. Well, we used to go out to Orlando a lot and stuff. We always keep backup supplies in here for the cats. So, I mean, they're fine, thankfully. Um, you know, but those supplies are going to run low. I saw, I noticed in the stores that litter was going quick and, you know, stuff like that. But nothing panicky yet, I don't think. Yeah. And the great thing about having That's pets good. is if things get really bad, you could always eat them. Yeah, yeah no, I'm not going to. I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, my dog would eat the fuck out of me if it had to. I mean, I'm uh, so. Well, if he died. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't wouldn't take long. I mean, like, yeah. That's an animal. (laughs) Yeah, like, I mean, like, it wouldn't even, it wouldn't take long at all. I wouldn't even be cold yet. It would already be chewing on my foot. All right, so we need to worry about Josh eating his dog, but we never need to worry about Bobby because Bobby won't eat pussy. (laughs) <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> hey, we still got it even during a virus scare. Bobby, what room are you sitting in your house right now? Uh, I'm in my master bedroom, sir. Ooh, I'm wearing nice. a, a red and black kimono. Yes, I am in the studio here in my uh, my Spitfire throne. I like to call it. Uh, and it's very weird because I'm here at the desk. I'm in the microphone. I'm looking at the empty plat chair. I'm looking at the empty Bobby chair. It's a very eerie, eerie vibe in here right now. Well, I got a, I got a fix for that problem. <laughs> oh yeah, what's that? The Ray doll? <laughs> no, put a puppet in each chair. <laughs> yes, that's a great idea. And then you can talk to the puppets as if you're talking to us. That's a great idea. And and if, and it's even better that it's because it's an audio podcast, so it's not going to translate well. <laughs> when people listen back, they're going to go, "Josh has lost his damn mind." <laughs> so I want to give a big shout out to Natasha Nova. Bobby doesn't know this yet, but um, over the weekend I received a package in the mail, and Natasha Nova sent Planet Platypus um, a fan pack. We each got our own T-shirts, and believe it or not, she got the sizes right. So. Oh, those shirts are awesome too. uh, Thank you, Natasha. That's a very cool shirt. Really, really cool. Yeah. She sent us some stickers and uh, a very, very nice naked picture of herself. Yes. Yes. What a thoughtful young woman. Yeah. Yeah. She's great, man. Thank you, Natasha. We really do appreciate the love. I, I would think, you know, I got a lot of time on my hands these days, so my thoughts have been racing. But one of the things I thought of, I have two things I want to talk about with the features. Okay. One is, in the event of an apocalyptic scenario where there's zombies and the government comes in and it's like, who would you want protecting you out of all the features? Is there anyone better than Nova? No, nobody. 
Did you no. think of one feature that you would rather be with than Nova? I mean, she has an arsenal of firearms. Sassy Cassie. She knows how to use the firearms. She's got a brass knuckle tattoo, so you know not to fuck with her, even if she's getting out of the shower. That's a surefire sign I mean, of unfuckwittable. So take Nova out of the equation. Which feature would you take with you to an apocalyptic end? Oh, man. I'm going to have to say uh, Charzane in full Mad Max attire. <laughs> That's a good one. I, I would probably take Annie Lane because we would be hammered and we wouldn't even know those zombies <laughs> were eating. Yes, that's also a good choice. Bobby? I think I think Alaska Galore is the most fearless uh, of them out there. Bitch is not afraid to set herself on fire. And she's uh, <laughs> young, crazy, and, and absolutely willing to fucking... Go for broke, so I mean, <laughs> you see Bobby I got in his uniform. I can just see Bobby just, in his Domino's uniform holding a piece in his hand, going, Alaska, go lap dance the zombie, and I'll, I'll distract him. And then she goes lap dance the zombie, and Bobby runs with his pizza. <laughs> Bobby, how the hell did you find houses before GPS and shit? Like, what did you guys do? Like, how, how did that work? You just had to like unfold a big map, or you just knew the neighborhood, or what the fuck? We would take uh, we would take a piece of styrofoam that was about two foot by one foot square, uh, rectangle. We would take a city map, wrap it around it, tape it, and then you have little pins that you put because you got to remember your delivery area is only about like you know a five mile radius. Yeah. So from your store, so you don't need the whole map. You just need the section of your little city there. Yeah. And um, yeah, so you would, uh, and plus, like a lot of places seem to do like. If you were near a college, like tons of the deliveries went to the college, you know, or if you were near a dorm or apartment complex, like, so, you know, 50% of our deliveries all went to the same spots that we were familiar with. So it was those, you know, it was those outer residences. All you had to do was like put a pin in a map, you take three bags, you take three pizzas, you do three runs, come back, do it again. It wasn't, it wasn't like I had to deliver 12 different places on each run. So what I used to do to, uh, when, when I was a kid, but, I, I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, but it did teach me how to navigate myself around the city. It taught me my characters, ways and avenues. It taught me, you know, how to find yeah, the address. You, so, you had to go back alleys and shit. Like, you probably knew, like, yeah. yeah, and you had to get there in less than 30 minutes. So, like, you really had to, like, figure it out quick. So you knew all the shortcuts. Yeah. Uh, what, what I used to do when I was a kid was I, I was loved prank calling the uh, pizza place when I was a kid. This was my thing. I drove this fucking guy crazy. <laughs> and I used to sometimes call from the payphone outside the pizza place so I could see his reaction. Like he'd hang up the phone and be like, motherfucker, screaming screaming and shit. And uh, oh my God, the guy was furious. But one of the things I used to love to do when I was a kid, and this is, you know, rotten, man. What a little fucking hood rat I was. But uh, I'd call and order a pizza for, you know, one, two, three Main Street. And then five minutes later, I'd call and order a pizza for, uh, you know, 125 Main Street. And then when the guy was knocking on one door, delivering the pizza and figuring out, well, I didn't order a pizza. Well, that's all going on. Me and my friends would sneak into his car and steal the other pizza. This is before they had those bags where they would, like, keep all the pizzas in, like, one of those heated bags. They didn't do that back then. So while he's at the door with one pizza talking to the guy, we were sliding in his car to steal the pizza that was in the back seat. Or the front seat, whatever the case may be. <laughs> Fucking thug. Yeah, man, that See, was no, like we some, did something. That, that was some pretty innovative we, criminal minds for like a nine-year-old, you know, but we, we figured it out. We that was a little better than what we used to do. We used to order a pizza to the neighbor, and we would wait for the delivery guy to show up and knock, and then, you know, after a knock or two, we'd pop out and go, you know, that guy's not home, right? 
And they said, oh, somebody just delivered pizza. And we go, oh, well, what kind of pizza? I'll buy it for you for five bucks. If, I mean, if you're going to take it back, I'll just I'll buy it for five bucks. And the driver would always give it to us for five bucks. So that's oh, we used to scan that's that way. genius. Yeah. Yeah. Because it comes, because as a delivery driver, are you responsible now when like somebody doesn't pay for the pizza or it's a wrong address or something? Does that come out of your pocket? No, absolutely not. But you know, you never wanted to be that pizza. You never wanted to be that driver that came back with a pizza either. You'd still catch shit, even though it wasn't your fault. Did you ever? So uh, you brought back something. Did you ever have to put on like the Noid outfit? Remember the, those '80s commercials, the little Noid character? Did you ever have to dress up as him? <laughs> no, but I mean, like the, the the Pizza Hut pinstripes from the '80s was embarrassing enough. It looked like we were barbers. Yeah, you know, because we had the, the red and white pinstripe things that a red cap, you know, and then you had like a, like a, a rooftop or that went on your car to show everybody what a fucking idiot you were too. <laughs> um, and, that, so, and, and, and the I pizza mean, hut delivery was like the end of the pizza hut chain be, for me, because I remember as a kid going there after baseball games and stuff and like, it was just set up so nice. Everything was like dark red colors and wood paneling and like the cool chandeliers with the with the red and shit. And then when they started doing the delivery, they kind of rebranded the whole place. So that killed it for me after that. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, there was very few red roofs left in business after that. But I remember what you're talking about. You used to go in, it would be the stained glass chandelier. Yeah, the stained glass. Yes. And there was, you had a waitress. It was like a nice <laughs> night out to eat. It was like, oh, Pizza Hut. As a kid, you know, you thought like, oh, this is, you know, fancy shit. Yeah. And yet as Italians, now we know that's the furthest thing away from a pizza. <laughs> yeah, it's ever awful. <laughs> it's so awful. I know. Yeah. If you guys ever had Chicago pizza, you would never steal or prank them. I promise you. I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah. I, I'm hoping. The religion. I'm hoping the day comes that I can uh, get on a plane again and then we can enjoy these things like Chicago pizza. It'll be here sooner than you guys think. I mean, you think well, so? I got one of them in his freezer. I've got three of them in my freezer right Ooh. now and I will not touch them until the apocalypse sits up. I'm not, I'm not. It's, it's here. Show. Not yet. If you want me to get on this podcast next week, you know, bust one of them out. <laughs> <laughs> If that's what it takes to get us all in the same room, I'll do it. And I, I'll wear a fucking hazmat suit so Josh doesn't freak out if I go in his fridge. <laughs> <laughs> now, how long does a pizza like that take to make? Like six, seven hours? No, nah, it takes like 50 minutes to an hour. Because it's all, it's all, it's a deep dish. So it's like, you know, all cheese with the sausage in the middle of it will take a long time for it to. Yeah. yeah, daddy, talk to me. Talk to me, daddy. <laughs> what else? Talk to me? Oh, man, now I'm getting yeah. hungry. All right, well, listen, I, I have a guest for today's show. We, we've talked about, you know, things from our perspective as DJs in this industry, as Italian brothers, as, you know, everyone knows how close we are. We, we've got each other's backs, and, you know, none of us are going to die. And if Bobby gets coronavirus, I would risk the coronavirus to go help him. You know, like we're, we're that kind of people. So I wanted to find the owner equivalent of that and kind of get a perspective from an owner's point of view. So I'm, I'm going to, we're going to attempt this. Uh, it's the first time we've ever done a show on the phone. So it, it, I'm going to try, but I'm going to try to call Charles Bass, who um, owns scores in Baltimore and uh, Babes, New Jersey, former owners of uh, Babes, New Orleans, where we had one of our uh, big parties at Expo when we were in New Orleans. Um, Charles and Jordan Bass 
uh, his brother is also an owner. I don't think Darren's there, but I do believe one of their managers is also with them. So why don't you guys talk a minute, and I'm going to try and get them on the phone, and as soon as I get back on the line, I will obviously let you know. All right, so, you do your uh, thing. We're going to give it a try, Josh, and if for whatever reason I, I get cut off, just uh, lay down a beat and let Bobby rap his uh, Morgan <laughs> Freeman, and, and I'll try to call you back. Yes. <laughs> so, so bear with me for one second while yes. uh, two of the most entertaining people on the planet entertain you. I'll be right back. Stay tuned for an important Planet Platypus message. Stand by. Please stand by. The following is not a test. Repeat, the following is not a test. Do not attempt to eat your pets. I repeat, do not attempt to eat your pets under any circumstances. That's a messed up thing to say, especially with an Asian virus. (laughs) <laughs> oh you can't say that bobby we can't call it an asian virus well you know here, here's a hot tip yeah <laughs> maybe we shouldn't be selling meat out in the street under the sun i mean is it me yeah yeah or has that always been a bad idea not a good idea man street meat has got to be part of the uh the part of the new world that we have to eliminate that you know put your shit in the fridge i'll buy it yeah for real man but i but, you know, like, is there a market for hot fish and fucking, I mean, ripe shrimp? I mean, can you imagine what, I hope, I hope never to, to, to ever be in that area. But, and I know that that market's got to be like, it's, it's worldwide renowned classic. You know, it's basically their version of a farmer's market. It's just a fish farmer's market. Yeah. Imagine how that Hey, hey now I'm back. You guys hear me? Hey, welcome back. Just in time. And I do believe Charles is on the line with me. Charles Bass, are you there? Yes, I am. Yeah, Charles Bass. How is everybody? Very good, man. How Starving. Are yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> I know things must be crazy for you guys over there. What's going on? Um, well, uh, currently, uh, Jordan and Jerry uh, and myself are in Maryland. Um our regular home in New Jersey. New Jersey is one of the uh, eight states that are on uh, shelter at home, pretty much. So, um, our uh, that's about it. Our facilities are shut down in the meantime, um, and uh, we're we're home. We're okay. We're healthy. Well, that's the main thing right now is everybody's health. I mean, I know we're trying to be entertaining and everything right now, and, and we're not trying to get too serious, but that is. And this whole thing, everybody's worried about work. We're worried about money. We're worried about our clubs, our industries. But the main thing is the health, especially of, you know, our elderly family members. And even us. I mean, we're no spring chicken anymore, you know. Unfortunately, that's, that's the way it is. Um, before we get moving forward, let's tell everybody that Charles and his brother Jordan um, and his brother Darren um, own stores in Baltimore. Um, actually, oh, I hate to do that. Um, we actually own um Larry Flint's Hustler Club. Or, I'm sorry, Larry Flint's Hustler Club. <laughs> See, I have the coronavirus, and my brain just died on me in the middle of a great interview. Um, but but anyway, so you're out in, in Baltimore, and I got an opportunity to speak to you guys yesterday. We talked about all sorts of different topics, industry-related and otherwise. But one of the things that you were talking about was uh, with the presence of a National Guard already that you guys have seen, like on the streets and stuff, right? 
Yeah, um, if you uh, if you look at any of the, uh, the Baltimore news outlets and uh, CNN, um, they rolled the uh, I'm not going to say the tanks, but the uh, what the the Hummers, the Hummer type vehicles, um, right. are lined up uh, currently at the uh, stadium where the Ravens play, which is also right next to Camden Yards. Um, so. They're saying, you know, uh, Maryland was uh, probably the first state to um, recall the National Guard um, to help with um, uh, humanitarian efforts. They're, they're saying uh, to help, you know, the hospital set up temporary uh, outdoor shelters for incoming patients and, uh, and so on and so forth. But the big fear, obviously, um, everywhere is is possibility of martial law. Yeah, I think that's that's as close. Bobby was talking about uh, the apocalypse earlier, and I think that's the closest we're going to get to it is once that happens. You know. Well, we hope but, that's uh, the worst of it. We hope, we hope. But uh, minus the doom and gloom, from an owner's perspective, um, and upper management um, in the room. How are you guys uh, handling the day-to-day right now? We were talking to DJs just trying to keep a routine going, and we're still downloading music. You know, I'm, I'm writing down events, things like that. Bobby's delivering pizzas. Josh is doing puppet shows. We got a lot of stuff going on. Um, I was just wondering, I'm sure the initial part is all of your employees getting on you, asking you questions you positively cannot answer. And then from that point, like, you become your regular person out of management mode. Take it, walk us through that real quick. I know it's only been a week, but it seems like a month the way the things are going. Well, um, our we we were notified on Monday um, through a governor's press conference that um, uh, we were going to have to shut down. We had till 5 p.m. on Monday to shut um, down our facility in Maryland. Um, the New Jersey club really it was kind of mandated in the gray area a little bit later in the week that, that we were going to have to shut down our New Jersey club. Um, that being said, um, it was a matter of um, consulting with uh, our attorneys. It was consulting with the accountants. It was, you know, um, and us, us, literally our CPA, because we have a CPA firm as well as an accountant firm and figuring out, okay, what do we have to do to properly shut down? Because this is not like um, uh, the hurricane. Like, we had the Superstorm Sandy in um, in 2012. And so, we, we you know, I, I have experience dealing with um, historically bad um, uh, events, you know, disasters. Um, that being said... You know, we had to take emergency procedures, you know, uh, go into the club, um, make sure that the club is secure, um, that anything of value was secured, um, uh, any, you know, money or, or um, like I said, going back to literally any, any asset is secure or taken out of the building. Um, and, you know, there's a little bit of an extra concern in Baltimore, going circling back to your first question, you know, five years ago, um, they had the riots. There was civil unrest in Baltimore. Um, we're only in Baltimore since 2018, so 
we had to make sure that the facility was secure first and then contact, you know, all of the utilities and, and anybody that, you know, might be connected to the club that, hey, you know, we're shutting down right now. As far as um, our employees, um, we also had to contact them and let them know that we're going to be shutting down. And unfortunately, for the, you know, the, the benefit of the employees, we actually had to lay them off. Uh, temporarily, we, we have used the furlough um, option so that they can collect during these uncertain times. Um, then, once we establish that, then you know, like you said, we have to take a little bit of time for ourselves and say, "Okay, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? How are we going to hunker down?" And um, Jordan, Jerry, and myself, and, and Darren, um, we were actually we kind of separated. Darren. Um, was on his way back uh, from the Carolinas for something. He stopped in Baltimore for a couple of days, and then he ran off to Jersey. Um, Jordan, Jerry, and myself were out here, you know, checking on the facility, and Darren was checking on the facility out in Jersey. Um, that being said, uh, you know, we realized we have to maintain a normal routine. Um, I have some underlying health issues, and I have to make sure I, I, I get my at least my walking every day. So I've been walking about uh, two miles a day with Jordan. Uh, we actually just got back from that walk. Um, but I wake up every morning. Uh, I grab or wake up every afternoon, you know, depending on when I wake up, grab a cup of coffee, um, take a couple of minutes to view the emails, and then say, okay, what, what do we have to do today? Is there anything that popped up that might need our attention first? And from there, then we make sure we get a little bit of exercise in and we plan our nightly meal. Jordan's been cooking, uh, you know, uh, to make sure that I kind of stay on track with, you know, with, with our meeting, you know, so we've been eating uh, a lot of ground turkey and rice and creating dishes. So it's uh, it's been interesting. Well, you're a bit of a foodie anyway. So, yeah. you know, having a, an opportunity now to take – I mean, are you taking selfies of your brother's food? Because that's what you would normally do if there wasn't coronavirus right now. No, I haven't. Um, it, it's uh, Jordan is, is not a, a classically trained chef, so his plating, you know, has to be worked on a little bit. But uh, it's like you said, it's uh, I, I am a foodie, and um, I usually do take pictures of everything and, and everything. <laughs> Guys, he even takes pictures of the silverware. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and, I, and I, you know, I'm the same way. I love good food, and now everything is closed. All those places I like to go eat, everything's closed. It's it's uh, it's bad times for the foodie man, but you know, you just got to feel blessed to just have you know enough to eat. It, you know, we have friends obviously that have restaurants um, or manage restaurants, uh, high end restaurants, and it's tough on everybody right now. The hospitality industry, the travel industry, the restaurants. I mean, think about it. Um, who's going to go to a steakhouse and order in um, to pick up? Yeah, and, exactly. You yeah. know, you're not going to go and order a $150 meal to go eat at home. Right. It, it's just, it's not feasible. And, and, and added it, to the fact that a lot sense. of people are just out of work right now. They don't have the income to, to, to splurge on those kind yep. of things right now. Yep. And, um, you know, before we joined the show, uh, like I said, we, we were on a walk and the president was speaking and, um, you know, they can't get this, the, the most important of the three stimulus packages through right now. Um, they, they're coming close, but 
to everybody in our industry that might be relying on on that stuff, it's you know, you might want to hit up your your local politician and say, hey, you know, get on it. Outside of politics, we need this money. Let's go um, back to that for a second, Charles. In, in your opening statement, you had <laughs> mentioned how um, the best thing to do was to lay the employees off so that they had the opportunity and benefits of unemployment or things of that nature. Um, as a club owner, how hard is that decision to make? I mean, under the circumstances, like walk me through what you were feeling a little bit. Cause I know, I know you as a person, you're my mentor, you're somebody I've known for a long time. I know personal things about you. I know what makes you tick. But I don't think our listeners can grasp what goes through an owner's mind when this is happening and you're, you're dealt with this decision you have to make. Do I try to keep the employees with the risk of completely losing everything uh, because there's no way you can maintain and sustain a payroll system when there's absolutely nothing coming in versus them at least getting some kind of additional help somewhere and, and, and hope to God that the thing plays out and everybody comes back together harmoniously. I mean, take me through that a little bit. Well, um, circling back to two questions ago when uh, you let me ramble on for a little bit about our uh, procedures and how we got to where we are today, um, you'll notice that I stated, um, I spoke with uh, our accountants, our attorneys. We wanted to keep our facilities uh, safe and um for all of our employees, all of our guests, as long as we were, you know, complying and it was safe for everybody, um, we wanted to stay open as, as long as possible. Um, and then, you know, we're a little bit different than most owners. We're owner operators. We're in our facility daily, um, one of us at, at all times. So we develop a personal relationship with our employees. And um, these employees have our phone number. And, you know, our job was to calm people down um, and be leaders, not bosses, um, and, and walk them through, walk them through the transparency of what's going on. And uh, I haven't answered your, your question directly because I wanted to give a preamble of, of how we came to this decision. And I'll tell you, um, I was damn near in tears after speaking to our accountants, our attorneys, and our CPA, um, because it was not something we wanted to do. Right. Um, there are other owners who are taking this opportunity um, to, you know, re-employ their employees if they have different skill sets to, um, to refurbish their clubs. And I think that is phenomenal. I think it's a great idea. Um, and it depends on the size of the facility and their capital um, and their state capital. Um, but for us, it was gut-wrenching. It was literally a fearful um, decision that we had to make. And and we still don't take it lightly. Right. Um, I, I literally had uh, an IPE um, contact us in tears. Our IPEs are um, our, what we refer to our entertainers by. Uh, independent, independent professional entertainers. Um, and she called us up in tears, you know, um, and in shock, not, you know, able to digest exactly what was going on. Like, hey, you know, why did you close your doors? Um, 
and, and you know, when are you going to reopen? And why aren't you reopen already? And, you know, trying to calm these people down or this particular entertainment down, it was, it was difficult. I, I literally teared up after the call because I didn't know how to explain to somebody without just being calm. Um, and I was. I, I was calm and, and saying, hey, listen, we have every intention on reopening. Um, as soon as we have the information, we'll disseminate that information to everybody and say, hey, this is when we plan on reopening. This is the, um, you know, the plan to get us open in a, in a proper fashion, make sure everything is uh, sterilized and, um, and functioning. You know, um, it's, uh, it was just such a gut-wrenching decision. Um, it's not something that we take lightly, and, and I don't see any owner taking it lightly. Um, I, I just, like I said, you can probably hear it in my voice. It's still very, very sure. disturbing. I mean, because people don't realize, you know, regular society looks at us in a different set of eyes. You know, like it's, it's we're the we're the dark, we're, what do they call it? The dark internet? We're the, you know, we're the other side of, of this coin. The but inside of our little darkness, thank you, the, the dark web. So inside of our dark web is a family environment. People would never understand unless they've been in it. You know what I mean? It's like you walk into a strip club, you don't realize that DJ, that floor guy, that bartender, they're part of a, a family. They Like we're looking out yes. for each other all night long. <laughs> You know, it doesn't seem like that because we're entertaining you. But there, there's definitely the same thing that people deal with in office buildings around the world. We're dealing with on a very heavier heart because it's the, you know, the entertainment. Let's be honest, in, in, in a world of crisis, the entertainment is not a number one priority to anybody right now. Right. So that's even harder to put on on this. But as an owner, and the employees have two. There's there's two ways to look at this. Screw the owners. They, you know, they could have stayed open. They could have revolted. They could give us all the millions of dollars they've been making uh, all this time and, and help us out for the no time. Way. Or, or there's the, the case of, hey, we're all in this together. We're all going through this. They did everything they can for us. But, but I mean, Josh, but that's the way that, that people are in our world, whether you like it or not. Go on social media. For every five people understanding what's going on, dealing with it, taking it all in. Yeah. There's one asshole who's sitting there going, oh, my club made $10 million last year. Where's my $100 at least a week? They don't understand what conceptually, like Charles said, how do you explain to, like, that, that, that entertainer is like a hungry child asking you for food when you know there's nothing in the fridge. Right. Daddy, why can I not eat? <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it's the same concept, but we're looked at differently because that's how society is on us. And it's, it's that disconnect which is the whole purpose of this podcast, which is we're people too. We have real emotions. We have real problems going on just like the rest of America. And, you know, we're dealing with it our way, but at the same time, we're entertainers at heart. How do we entertain people that are always depressed? So, so I just wanted to throw that out there. Charles is one of the good guys. All the owners are the good guys and they've done everything they can for us up to this point, but everybody's hands are tied collectively. So it's, it's there's, no magical bush uh, button that Charles can push, and all of a sudden, all of his employees will be fine. It just doesn't work like that, right? You know. So I, changing changing topics completely because I don't want this to be a completely depressing interview because you're the greatest human being I know. Uh, um, we started out the show. Bobby wanted to know what everybody's been binge watching right now. So what have you, Jordan and Jerry, been binge watching? You know, it's funny, when the crisis hit, um, 
we actually haven't been binge watched anything since the crisis hit. We were binge watching old shows that you, you guys would probably crack up. Um, Jordan, for most people that know us, um, our first club was in New Orleans. And um, we were there for approximately uh, 10 years. And um, Jordan one day uh, just started watching a show called The Originals uh, on Netflix. It was a CW show uh, based on the original family of vampires. And um, I happened to walk in and, you know, we walk in and I come in and I'm looking at the screen. And the first thing I see is a picture of our old club in New Orleans on TV. Oh, wow. <laughs> which was featured. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. I'm like, wait a minute. You know, um, this shot on Burby Street. Let, let me see what he's watching. Oh, I, right. I remember that club. That was a place with the upstairs. They had that upper level, too, that big room upstairs. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I like that place. That was cool. Babe, I oh, think I threw up there. <laughs> absolutely insane. I would love to be back on Bourbon Street at some point. Um, that being said, um, we started watching the originals, and it, was, it wound up being a pretty good show, even though it was about the supernatural. It was about you know the original family of vampires, and then we find out that it was a spinoff of the Vampire Diaries. A little too sappy, but we started watching the Vampire Diaries, and we just completed that. And then there's a third show. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> Legacies, Legacies is actually a good, uh, a good analogy to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But um, we, we've watched that. Um, usually I watch a lot of uh, documentaries or anime, um, which is kind of a, a very, you know, dichotomous choice of things. Um, but... Uh, and that's what we've been binge watching. Jordan, I think he can answer this. What he's been binge watching? Uh, what been watching? YouTube. <laughs> Jordan, you've been watching uh, YouTube? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I have to do. I, I just, um, I have too many hobbies uh, to say the least. Uh, I like to keep myself busy, but the mind's always thinking. It's all. So, especially you know, in in our business, in our industry. Uh, you know, a lot of times we, we, we read the club, we go back to our homes, and we can't fall asleep. So it's like, what do we do to ease our mind and try to fall asleep? Sometimes we watch, uh, you know, some shows. Sometimes we watch movies. Um, and then YouTube. You know, I find YouTube these days to be more educational than anything. Uh, I, have, I have several hobbies, like I was saying before, uh, that includes um, custom knife making, uh, jewelry. You know, as far as like custom rings, I work with all different types of materials, and uh, and as well as um, bracelets. Like right now, I'm working on uh, Cuban link uh, bracelet, uh, doing it all from scratch. I find it to be really, really interesting. Oh, cool. um, and then uh, because we're in cars, uh, I've been um, learning how to rap because I, I always, you know, find that to be fun. You know, hey, the the, the idea of playing with stickers to uh, to uh, make your vehicle more appealing or stand out. So, um, you know, like I said, just keep myself busy, and that's what I've been doing. And where Charles turned to me yesterday, he goes, hey, what are you watching? And I was like, oh, I'm sitting on YouTube about uh, um, wrapping techniques, you know, how to do a mirror, how to do handles. Yeah. But uh, I think with everything that's going on in the world right now, we, we all have to um, keep our minds 
clear and, and, and try to get our minds off of what's going on in the world because this is just something that no one has ever expected to happen. You know, the world is on, you know, shutdown mode. And uh, it's something we, I mean, to be honest, we're, if you really think about it, we're living a movie. Yeah. We're all right now in, in a movie. Yeah. You know, uh, but to answer your, your question a little bit um, more forward, um, we've, uh, we've been watching The Mandalorian. Um, yes. So yeah, go baby Yoda uh, with a child. Just for those that uh, are hardcore Star Wars fanatics, um, we binge, binge watched the, uh, the Witcher. Um, Another great series, yeah. Yeah. Now I, I'll tell you the shocking stuff that uh, you guys probably want to hear. Um, I have never watched an episode of Game of Thrones. I oh have my God. Same. Lost. Same here. I've never seen Game of Thrones. Um, I just, for whatever reason, I, I can't get into that type of stuff. I never watched Breaking Bad. Yeah, uh, that's another series. Breaking Bad, never watched it. Never watched The Walking Dead. Um, so, you know, as time goes on, I might, you know, consider, hey, you know, I got a little bit of time. Let me go back and watch one of these, you know, acclaimed series. Right. Charles, are you into uh, superheroes at all? I am. I am. Have you watched The uh, the Boys? Yes. Um, great oh. show. Oh, it's, a, it's a great spin on it. Um, I, I actually really do like the spin on it. Uh, an evil justice league. <laughs> so great. Yep. Um, I love the ego on those characters too, man. It's like being in a strip club. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it is. It's 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 actually really good. Um, it reminds me of um, something that happened that was a uh, uh, a kind of weird. Um, I, you guys might be um, familiar with the video game Injustice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Injustice is uh, a video game based on the DC characters of Justice League that have gone rogue based on an unbelievable event. And um, they actually wound up creating a comic book based on the story of Injustice. And The Boys is kind of like that story where the greatest heroes in the, um, in the universe uh, you know, have all gone, uh, you know, not going to say evil, but corporate, at least, you know, the way they, they, they portray it in the boys. But, uh, man, good series. Uh, you know, um, obviously everybody's probably caught up on the Marvel Universe, the MCU. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know Bobby is. But, it, you know, a, a nice segue to think about um, and unfortunately, running back to the coronavirus, is um, all of the movies that everybody was expecting to come out right now or in the next three months have either been delayed or going directly to video. Right. Um, Jordan pointed out to me last night that there is consideration that the new Wonder Woman 1984 is going to be released directly to video and not in theaters at all. Wow. Um, 
I think they should wait because, you know, as time goes on, not a lot of people are, even if they sold it for $5 a viewing, like with the rentals that they do, I don't know how many people are going to be purchasing things. I mean, the streaming stuff's one thing. People are going to pay the streaming bills. But I don't know if people are actually going to purchase additionals or add-ons at this point. So I, I, I mean, I don't know, man. But, hey, they got to do what they got to do. I totally understand why, you know? Yeah, yeah. you know, you sink all this but, money into a project like that, you know. Um, it, it, it's it's everything, the way that entertainment business works, everything is going to change now, these next couple of months. You know, they're going to find really new and innovative ways. It's, 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 it's a new way to market, a new way to consume it. Uh, every, everything's changing now uh, and quick. I don't you know, know. Like you said, I mean, like you said talk I, shows I, are, are broadcasting from their homes and that kind of stuff. I mean, this is this is the kind of things we're going to see. I, I kind of feel like everyone's going to want to go back and socialize. I mean, say what you want, and I, and I understand I people are going to – they're going to do what they have to do to get through this time. But people crave that intimate, close contact with a pretty girl. People crave that intimate, close contact with a friend while they're having a shot or, or drinking a bottle. You can't really replace that with the computer. I mean, we may no. need an entire new generation of entertainers. There might be some that get used to staying home and getting paid. <laughs> so we might be looking for new blood. But I, I, I have a feeling that the socialization is a huge part of what we do. Absolutely. I think the, the up close, intimate contact and the touch of a woman, the, you know, the, the the flirtations with a woman right there on your lap or in front of you is 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 something you can't get through a computer. Bobby Max R and B album also called "Flirtations of a Woman." <laughs> Bobby Max sings sings love songs by candlelight. Hey, hey, what is what is Morgan Freeman doing right now during the lockdown? Oh, he's narrating. Uh, well, it's funny he's you ask me that. Uh, I'm so happy you asked me that question, Platypus. Uh, I have been playing various board games, which I have never uh, played in my life. I, this week, I'm, I'm playing Connect Four, <laughs> which is very fantastic. Um, I, I, I've tried Monopoly, and, and i got to tell you, Monopoly takes too goddamn long. If someone asks you to play Monopoly, let me tell you something right now. If someone asks you to play Monopoly, you tell them to go fuck themselves. <laughs> <We'll do. laughs> Can you imagine going bankrupt during, you know, a coronavirus round of Monopoly? I mean, that would be just just killing everybody. Oh, there's so, going to uh, be a coronavirus Monopoly edition. You can believe it. Oh, Monopoly. Oh, yeah, they'll cash in on that for sure. There's going to be a whole generation of children named after the coronavirus. <laughs> Think about that. After this little baby boom, they're going to be like Generation Corona, Generation C. <laughs> Corona, get your, get your bad butt over here, Coronique. Yep. <laughs> no, but I think what Platypus is saying is like we're Gen X and then the people after us are, are millennials. He's talking about the COVID generation is going to be coming because <laughs> people are going to be getting it on. Yes. Well, I, think yeah, said, people are gonna, I thought you said people are going to name their kids after Corona. <laughs> so why not? <laughs> That's crazy. I have an idea um, since we're all going to get bored in the upcoming weeks and I want to pitch the idea to everybody as a show. Um, you know, I play fantasy baseball. I play fantasy football i thought of a game where we can actually have a stripper and dj draft where we get 10 teams you get to name your club and you're the club owner and then we put all the people that we know into a pool like a you know and then and we rank them and then you have to you do we do the draft so like we'll put all the features in as entertainers you get you get a rotation of 10 girls and you get uh two djs 
and you have to then we put all the features and all the DJs in the draft pool and then we 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 go one at a time. So like Bobby Bobby, what would be the name of your club? Uh the Fuzzy Peach. <laughs> the Fuzzy Peach. I would be Club Platypus because of my ego. Um Josh, what would be the name of your club? Uh Jiggy Josh Fiore's Big Butt Emporium and Titty Barn. <laughs> that rolls right off the tongue. Yeah. Charles, what was it to be the name of your club? You know, it's funny you said that. Um, <laughs> we had a friend going back, and I'm going to, I got to give you a preamble on this. So we're going to call the club the Hidden Package. The Hidden Sausage? The Hidden Package. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Somebody's got to ask a fuck. You want to ask the question? Why would we call it the hidden package? Okay, I'm glad you said it. But yeah, why? It's well, it's based in Thailand, isn't it? Oh yeah, they definitely based on that. We had a friend, um, Matt, um, that we grew up with, and when we got into the industry, about that, and like I said, when I say grew up, I mean you know, I'm talking about literally when we were kids, and uh, we got into the industry, and he goes, you know. If I ever opened a club, I would I would open up a club and call it the Hidden Package, and I would hire a mix of, you know, um, regular entertainers, and and these hishis, you know, the the I don't know what you the proper name for them is, alternative, <laughs> you know, gender equality, whatever the proper <laughs> politically correct name is. Bobby, can we get yeah. a ruling? Uh, I think the word we're looking for is shim. Uh, <laughs> Jerry just typed in. Um, he is alive. He just said it would be considered hermaphrodite. So okay. Matt, Matt's idea was open a club called the Hidden Package, put all of them mixed on stage, and let the guests figure out which one they are. <laughs> the Asian ones that. always get you. Okay. You, you definitely would need Bobby Mack, though, as your DJ, because he would do, like, the total Johnny Pardo thing on stage. I could see Bobby in, like, a baby blue suit, and he's got one of those long-ass microphones, you know, like, stick. <laughs> the Bob Barker like, mic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Pick the penis. Sir, if you can correctly pick the penis on stage, you win a prize. 15 minutes in the champagne room all by yourself, or with a lady, or is it, of your choice? <laughs> <laughs> it'd be like it'd be like deal or no deal. Everybody'll have numbers on their groin. <laughs> you pick a number, we pull down the pants. Yeah. And see if you're a winner. I'd pay a cover for that. As I said, I figure, you know, throw a little bit of humor into this and you know, um I, I it's just a, it's just something funny that we've had as an inside joke going on twenty five years. So it it just Whenever somebody asks me, that's always my question. Hey, if you can name your club anything, what would you name it? The Hidden Package. It's awesome. I love okay, it. Okay, so the Hidden Package would be your club. What about what about Jordan? What would his club name be if we were playing Fantasy Strip Club? Uh, wow. Um, let's see. Uh, the Clean Slate. The Clean, clean Slate. See, post-coronavirus attention. I like that. Okay. The clean plate. You know if you're going to go there, the place is going to be clean. 
you know? Right. And I and, and I can picture the sign. Jordan, like that dude um, on YouTube that does the slicing on food, where, like where he puts the his hand guy. really high. Yeah. The salt guy, yeah. Yeah. Like, you picture Jordan, you know, like, like just salt and a clean plate. <laughs> I, I like it. So, quick question as I, as I, as I end this segment. Um, who would be your first overall pick if you were drafting features for your 10-girl rotation for your respective club? And I'll let Jordan go, then Charles, then Bobby, Josh, and I'll go last. Jordan, you get the first pick any feature overall. Which is, it's really, my question would be, is what kind of atmosphere are you looking to create? In your club. Just like what kind of fantasy football team are you going to build? Are you going to build around your running back or your wide receiver? You can pick a DJ or a a, a feature. I'm all about show. You know, definitely putting on a show. Uh, One of the most entertaining um, features that we've had that we're constantly getting asked to uh, bring back is Annie Lane. Great first pick. So Annie Lane's off the board, guys. Charles, you have the next pick. Who is your number one entertainer that you are selecting? Annie Lane cannot be selected. Belzora. Woo! Belzora goes number two. Yeah. And I have a feeling I know where Bobby Mack's going with his next pick. Okay. You're wrong. I pick Angel Bo. Oh, Holy you... shit. We got a shocker right in the middle of the first round. Wow. With Angel Bo going third. When I open my club, we are. We're going to blow some shit up and set some shit on fire, and I know just a girl for that. Nice fire Love barbed it. wire. Josh, with the, <laughs> with the fourth pick overall. Yeah, man. Well, you know, Jiggy Josh Fiore's Big Butt Emporium and Titty Barn is known for providing the most quality adult entertainment. Uh, and with that name, I'm going to need the booty, and I'm going to need the titties, and I'm going to need a personality, somebody who gets it who gets the chaos and the zaniness of it. So I'm going to have to go Rochelle Ryan. With who? Wow. Rochelle Ryan. Because I feel like she'll you get it. You took a porn star off the board. Yeah, Rochelle yeah. Rochelle Ryan is your first yeah. pick. You said feature, wow. and, she, and, and, she, and she's right up there with the cream of the crop as far as I'm concerned. And I feel like um, she'll, she'll get what we're trying to do. She'll, 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 she'll be great for, for uh, Jiggy Josh Fiore's Big Button Porium and Titty Barn, starring Rochelle Ryan coming soon to a town near you. Well, that makes my pick extremely easy because I am an internal champion and I like to win championships. I'm very competitive. I I have to win at all costs and I cannot believe you fucking guys actually left Natasha Nova sitting number five with, with, with her plethora of shows her many awards to shine. She's got more of a risk getting coronavirus right now because all the germs are coming on all the awards in her house. Yeah. And I can't. She was actually my first. She was my first pick, but that was too obvious. It's too obvious <laughs> to go right to the oh. top of the, the food chain. No, you had a good one, Bobby. I wanted something wild. If Angel Ball wasn't at your club, I would definitely bring her over to uh, to my place because I want that 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 uh, extreme show. Also, but you know, what are you gonna do? You got her over there, so. Club Platypus, I already have my brunette, my, my my top show. Club Platypus has already – I think Club Platypus is winning the draft. Yeah, I but feel like – the concept. You see how it would go. Right, I get it. But I feel like Club Platypus is like the upscale champagne club. Like, I get it, you know. But, you know. You would think that. Your <laughs> apples, we're oranges over here. Ever 
Yeah. I could tell yeah. that Josh is off social media because if you have been on social media for the past month or two, there's no way you would have forgot about Heather Heaven, Josh. Oh, yeah. There's yeah, no really. way. Yeah, she That girl would be everything. Heather Heaven, that's going to be round two, guaranteed. Yeah. Probably the first pick. But, you know, that is, but that's what I want to do. I want to get a group of industry pros together, mix them up, and then we do, you know, 10 rounds of strip of, of, of features and then you know, we'll do two rounds of DJs and everybody gets ten a ten girl rotation based on the features and two DJs your day and nighttime DJ. We're just doing just and features and DJs Dr. or is there Rock other staff involved too? Are we doing like management and, and that kind of thing too? Or is I, I just... think that would take too long. I okay. think we could actually do a show where if we got ten people together, if we can figure out a way to get ten people on the line at like a party line, which I'm sure we could do. We could do that. And we have the right people. <laughs> we can do a draft like we just did, going back and forth with just the five of us. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like <clears throat> at least it'll pass the time, it'll be interesting. People would listen to it, be entertained by it. We're not talking about coronavirus for an hour and a half. You know what I'm saying? Right. So well listen, guys. I'm going to thank you for being on the show. I want to thank you. And, and I really appreciate it as you being club owners, giving us a little insight and giving our listeners of the industry an insight as to how difficult this is on everybody. You know, everybody thinks, oh, the, the rich people in this industry and this and that. No, no, no. We're all suffering on every level. And I super, and I, I know I speak for Bobby and Josh. I thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Um, well, we always do that in the show. I always ask the guys if they have any last-minute questions for you guys or any last-minute things to wrap up with. Uh, Bobby, you got anything for the guys or anything you want to say in general? No, looking forward to seeing you guys at Expo this year, and hopefully we'll have, uh, we'll have some fun at EDIs if we get them rescheduled. Yeah, same. Just uh, looking forward to seeing you guys get back in action. And I know, uh, you know you always take care of your family down there, and, uh, and, and we'll bounce back better than ever. And I just want to say to everybody listening, uh, we're working on a video version of this show very soon. And uh, also, we're going, even if this is the only way we can do it, we're going to give you podcasts. We're going to entertain you somehow, some way. I promise you, I, Bobby Mack is going to keep making you laugh. Josh is going to keep making you tap your foot to our spitfires. And I'm going to keep annoying the shit out of our industry. It won't stop. Even the coronavirus cannot stop the planet. So yes. we love you. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your families. And we'll get through this one industry, one way, one how. We are all in it together. And um, we'll be here for you. So just, just keep giving us a listen. Thanks, guys. Josh, thanks for putting this all together. I love you guys. Planet love Planet you, boys. Corona, Corona version out. <laughs> thanks, guys, for having us. Thank you. All right, and so ends another edition of the Planet Platypus Podcast. Man, this was... A weird one. Very strange. It's very odd to be uh, doing this by myself in the studio, but hopefully, you know, we can lessen the social distancing in the near future and we can all get together and give you that chemistry you came for. So uh, we'll see you next time on the show. Stay tuned and peace.